The energetic of instant magnetism is what is the fear that's right in front of me that I can take action to walk past? Where can you step up in the past where you've been fearful? What fear can you walk through? That's going to be the thing that helps you navigate the quickest. From To Be Magnetic, this is the Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As the leading destination for neural manifestation, we dispel the woo-woo in order to help you create real, tangible results based on neuroplasticity, psychology, epigenetics, and energetics. Our goal is to normalize the practice of manifestation and empower you to get into the driver's seat of your life in order to manifest the experiences, relationships, and things that most align with your authenticity. Part of our manifestation process entails expanding past your limiting subconscious beliefs. Therefore, by tuning into this podcast with interviews from experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, scientists, and those with neural manifestation success stories, you're starting the process of expanding your subconscious in order to see to believe that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, the process begins. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Expanded and Happy 2022. I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday season. It feels like a whirlwind. I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in so long, but I hope you guys had a lot of rest and good times with family or friends or even just carved out some space for yourself. One thing I want to know is I feel like on the other side of January, there's so much hustle bustle about start your 2022 New Year's resolutions. Very much move, 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 go, go, go. And one thing Lacey actually said in our live for the manifestation challenge, if you're in the pathway, you can rewatch our live that we had Wednesday night. But she mentioned how January is still part of winter if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. And if you're looking at sort of the seasonality of things, we still might feel in a time of rest, recovery, going inward, and really owning those spaces for ourselves. So don't feel the pressure to change and start and implement all of these new things first thing in the year. Give yourself grace. So many people said they fell off the challenge. I included. I was doing actually pretty good. And then around week five, I just wanted to be present with family and friends the entire time. And I kind of put the practice to the wayside. But I'm so thankful that now in January, I'm actually going to start back on week four and take that all the way to the end of January and just go at my own pace and allow myself to integrate bit by bit with no shame in there. So if you fell off any sort of routine over the holidays, do not stress. You are not alone. You're exactly where you need to be. Listen to your body and what it needs as well. or rather aligned action, is one of the key pieces to the trifecta of neural manifestation and is often the piece that is left out from old school manifestation rhetoric. Aligned action can be passing tests. It can be setting boundaries. It can be taking that one step forward and something that we're fearing in order to create that instant magnetism. 
it is a very important piece of this process. And we're going to do a best in class episode today covering all of our best tips around how to take action, how to set yourself up for taking action, and how to really, you know, go through the journal prompts of reprogramming, reinforcing, and picking one action item you know you can start taking today in order to be closer to your manifestations on the other side. And I just want to give one example of some ways that you can take aligned action. So I was talking with a family member and they were saying how they really need to set a boundary with this one person in their life and they really just like don't want to interact with this person and they did the triggers DI on it and they work through it and they still weren't quite sure like, well, what action do I take? I'm not just going to cut them out. And they were like, what, do I just say, you know, you're wrong. I don't want to listen to what you have to say or whatever the story was. I said, no, the action is knowing that you're worth having your needs met in a friendship. And if they're not willing to honor that, let them know the limitations and what you're willing to put up with and deal with. So in their instance, their friend would get angry and mad if they had a disagreement and start yelling. And so I suggested Think about the boundaries you want to set. How do you want to feel in this friendship? And say, look, I want a friendship based off of respect. I understand if you feel elevated, but maybe take a pause because I will not tolerate being yelled at within a friendship like this. And start to figure out the ways you can set little action steps for yourself, obviously while doing the energetic work and the reprogramming work underneath of it to make sure you can back up those verbal boundaries. But that's just one action you can take. Another one is movement. There is such a pause in movement between getting pings and then moving forward to what we want to do. And it's so important that we just take those steps to act on whatever the ping is as soon as we can so we don't let the fear come in and convince us to do something else. I think the fear slipping in sometimes overrides our truest desires. And if we can just hear a ping come through and without questioning or trying to talk ourselves out of it or trying to say like, oh, that's not possible. How could I do that? What's one small way you could start doing that right now? And actually one other tip I'm going to throw for you guys with action as well. If you are in our Mighty Networks group, or if you follow us on Instagram, start sharing some of the ways that you guys are taking action to inspire everyone else to see ways that they could take action too. So we can start a thread in the Mighty Networks group and you guys can add there. You can join that if you're in the pathway for free. If you're not in the pathway, maybe just tag us on Instagram and let us know ways that you are taking aligned action towards your highest self of who you want to become in this new year. Okay, here's the episode. Enjoy. So in the equation, we always talk about in manifestation, that manifestation is actually incredibly simple. Theoretically, you have to have three things in motion. You have to be unblocked enough, meaning that whatever block that's living in your subconscious has been healed enough. And then the second piece is that you have to be expanded enough, meaning that your subconscious has seen to believe outside of the programming, the trauma, or the stories you grew up with, that what you want is possible. And the third step is self-worth, deservingness, action. So it means passing the tests or whatever. 
So when I read energetics with it, I actually tend to see that two pieces of the equation tend to be in motion, but one's missing. And what you have been asking for is very close. It's in your like direct vortex of orbit, but you're not acting fast enough. It's like if a plane's trying to land and for whatever reason, you don't have the runway open for it to come through. You're needing to move something out of the way or do an action or expand. A great way to look at this is, I'll take myself for example, money would always be a really hard one for me because that was a big Achilles heel, having the rug pulled out from under me, a lot of lack programming growing up and watching it reinforce constantly with you know my parents, that when it came to big moments of up-level in career and finances, I would always be kind of keeping it pretty safe, staying in my trauma, staying in my loops, even though I knew... I had to take action to say yes to that bigger thing and to get out of my comfort zone, but I wasn't doing it because I was still stuck in my trauma. I still, you know, my response and being scared. So therefore the universe would rock bottom something to make it happen. I've had countless examples of that. May it be losing a job, losing a big, you know, opportunity, cancel culture. Like it's, I've had it over and over and over again because it's probably been the thing for me that continued to happen because something that I've been asking for was right there, but I just could not meet it because I was still a little stuck in my safe zone of trauma. When you are still sort of stuck in those old trauma loops, it's almost like the feeling for me, it shows up as I feel comfortable here. I know I really shouldn't do it this way, but like, I don't, I'm too scared to try it somewhere else. Yes. That's all. That's usually the case. So I guess if I deduce the energetics of that, that play into all of a rock bottom, it's looking at where am I most afraid and what is my biggest pain point right now? And how do I do the opposite than I have in the past? So if that's lack, what can I do in this moment that's abundance and not fake spiritual bypass abundance of like running up debt and stuff if it's say money related. But like, this is something I used to practice with clients when they felt the most strapped. I had them do a couple of techniques that it was all based on energetics. It had nothing to do with superstitious manifestation practices, but I would have them start to hand out money, even if it's a dollar to the homeless guy on the street, needing that energy to flow because you're not used to doing? Where can you step up in the past where you've been fearful? What fear can you walk through that is in accordance with deservingness? That's going to be the thing that helps you navigate it the quickest. Okay, so let's pivot a little bit into instant magnetism. So this is sort of like your quick boost of magnetism. I sort of see instant magnetism as well as something to tap into when you're trying to bolster your trust muscle with your manifestation practice. So if you're new to this work and you're not sure if you can really rely on it or you don't, you haven't really seen a big thing come through yet and you're like, I need some sort of sign that I am in communication with the universe. This kind of helps you bolster that trust muscle a bit. You can use it as motivation to continue to step forward. But the steps to really creating that instant magnetism is saying no and setting boundaries. 
that's a huge one. You almost notice it, I think, because so many people have difficulty with boundaries that just the act of having healthy ones creates that magnetism because we're all sort of so disconnected from it. And then taking action and jumping off cliffs, you know, leaning into something that we were afraid of doing, like like you were saying earlier, Lacey, you're in that old trauma loop of this feels safe. I'm kind of scared to do that other new thing. Why don't you just try that new thing once and see how it goes and see what happens? Like if you're so scared of paying for things outside your budget, let's say, one that I've definitely had to deal with for sure. One way I'll get instant magnetism is I'll buy my friends coffee and I'll get a meal out that day. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, now I'm over the budget. But instead of freaking out about it, I'm like, no, I just took action and magnetism's coming. And then I'll notice shortly after something will come through. And yeah, again, not to be confused for the listener, she's not doing it to get more money. She's doing it to show the universe, hey, I'm worth this because I've done the work behind it and now I'm taking action on it. So you've done the, or you're at least working on the subconscious piece of it because something to note, just like boundaries, we always say, or instant magnetism If you are just running around saying no, yeah, sure, you might get more tests coming your way. So it looks like, well, I've created magnetism, but you're not actually doing the subconscious work to back it up. You're not expanding. You're just going to keep running into, say, let's take dating, the same type of experience over and over and over again. So just don't confuse it with, oh, if I take action, it's going to result in this. In fact, the energetic beneath instant magnetism is stepping through fear. That's all it is. What are you fearing in this exact moment? Step through that. I don't know why it's coming to me so strongly right now that a new listener could be like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Chalk it up. Like this is the manifestation step I need. Kind of like that old spiritual bypass version. Like if I start to do this with my vision board, X, Y, and Z is going to come. No, the energetic of instant magnetism is what is the fear that's right in front of me that I can take action to walk past. And then based on how much I fear it, so the greater the fear, the more magnetism it'll produce instantly. And let's dive into the actionable. So this is the follow through. This is, you know, another really vital step in this process. How can people do the follow through? Like, what does that look like? What are some examples? What are ways that you guys have followed through with an actionable? What are examples you've seen other friends go through to just really like paint the picture for everyone out there? Yeah. I mean, before we even get into the examples, the one thing I really want to reiterate, because if there's anything somebody walks away with from this episode, especially going into this work, energetic, you have to do that before the actionable. If you don't do the energetic, you will continue to receive in different areas of your life the same, what we can kind of call a test, you know, a boundary, a test or a trigger continue to come up. So I just really, really want to nail that home. Once you know the specifics of what you're calling in and you filtered them through your authentic code and the desires as to why you're calling them in, so you know they're so sound, you're really aware of what is mini and what's major, all the kinks are worked out, then you can start to fill up that expander page do the unblocking needed through the daily practice inside of the pathway, and then really go, cool, what I have 
within my control is the aligned action. I think that's what we all have within our control daily, whether it be energetic aligned action. So for instance, a great example of that is I'll share today. I'll share what's going on today (laughs) as I share with (laughs) Jessica. So whenever a major manifestation is coming through, I'll usually be tested in ways the universe is going to be like, are you going to trip on this one? What's your reaction going to be? Often in multiples, if it's something that I've had low self-worth around in the past. So today, uh, it's very hard to find contractors in Mariposa to work with. I had a lot of trouble doing the forest retreat house. And so our contractor here, we were sending up to Mariposa today to go work on the forest retreat house to build a roof over the glamping tent, which is my only little spot that I have guest stay in now and we had decked it out and it was so cool he's literally driving up there with all of the materials and I get a call this morning from a neighbor that said that the storm last night a cedar tree had gone right through the camping tent (laughs) tent and demolished it which uh, the only thing I could do was laugh but anyway I all of that to say the aligned action can be energetic. So how I'm reacting to the situation today. So I really like that tip for that because I believe that the aligned action is what we have the most control over. And all of us know when even we take the smallest aligned action through fear, so something we're fearing and we walk through it, we're going to create at least small situational magnetism, which could even bring through one of those mini manifestations. Taking risks to jump off a cliff. How do I know when to take a big risk to live in my authentic self, aka quitting a job I'm unhappy with without having another lined up versus being patient and continuing in said circumstance, even though it makes me unhappy? I have a child and a house to manage. So while I'm feeling called to leave this toxic job, it feels irresponsible to quit without a security net. Yes. So this is kind of related to calling in a bridge job and also making sure that you are starting to put together your FU fund. So I would start immediately putting away money towards that FU fund. If you haven't started that now, start today. And then I would start calling in a bridge job. So if you have no idea what you're wanting to do Ultimately, if you don't have a lot of clarity, I would pop into the answers and clarity DRE within the pathway. That can be really helpful for getting and seeking more clarity and also helping you get into your worth about stepping up and up leveling in the job and kind of seeing that ultimate career take shape. And then from when you get that clarity and clues, even if you just get clues, that's great. What are the things and skills that you need to take you there? And that then can be something that can be for a bridge job. If you're also like, I'm not really sure, but I have interest in XYZ places, use a bridge job to help you figure out if you want to do X, Y, or Z. So you can have you know a bridge job that's in alignment with an interest, but you're not sure if it's something you ultimately want to do. Well, do something that is similar to that, that can give you that experience. So you can really see for yourself, does this work for me? Does it not? Is it in alignment? Is it filling my authentic code that bridges you to another interest? But that's the thing that gives you the skills and leads you to that ultimate job. So it's really kind of less about the patience aspect. And it's really about setting yourself up for success. So, so much of the work is, you know, doing the reprogramming and really getting things going on that neural level. But then the other aspect is the action we're taking because the action is how we're directly communicating to the universe where we are in our worth. So you want to make sure that your actions are 
in alignment with what you're looking to do. So that's, you know, the FU fund for this situation and really calling in that bridge job. And then as you start to get that FU fund in place, that bridge job comes through, then you leave and get into that other thing. And you have that cushion underneath you to help if you have to take a pay cut. You know, if you're looking to make like $150,000 a year, your bridge job won't get you there. That's okay. That's not what a bridge job is for. Your bridge job is helping you bridge the gap between where you are now and where you're going to be when you are at that ultimate job. Yeah. And I just think so many people, I know I definitely felt this when I was calling in my job before TBM, there's this all or nothing type of thinking where it's like, I either have everything on my list or I'll just do the same old thing I've been doing this whole time. And you have to realize there are steps in between that you can be excited for and be happy for. I know, especially when you get clarity on what your dream job is, it can feel like, I'll never be happy until I'm doing exactly that. And recognizing there's so many steps to the journey and really appreciating all of those phases and steps and how needed they are and get excited for those steps because they can be just as fulfilling as your dream career. And I think that idea of I only want to do this thing and I'm, I'm not willing to take the steps there, that's a block within itself. You're not wanting to take the risk of going outside of what you know, which is your edge. And instead, you're being pulled back to stay in the comfort of, well, if I can't do that ultimate thing, then I'm not going to do anything. And that is just the ego trying to protect you because the unknown, it doesn't know what can happen. So it associates it with danger. It's not dangerous if you've already taken the steps to set yourself up. FU fund in place that you have that cushion. And then the bridge job is helping you bridge that gap. So not wanting to take on a bridge job is a block in and of itself and something to look at and work through. So I hear this so much a lot from clients. They become really obsessed with, am I failing this test? Is this a test? Am I doing this wrong? And what do we do first and foremost when we think we might be experiencing a test? We ask ourselves those three simple questions. Am I playing small? Or do I feel small in this situation? Would I be embarrassed to tell my nearest and dearest everything going on in the situation? Or is this crossing my boundaries, physical, emotional, or financial? If any or all of those is a yes, then it's a test. And if it's a test, you may need to continue to run into the fire for a while. And that is okay. Instead of, am I failing or is this a test? Ask yourself, do I have this lesson already? Or do I need to learn it again? I've had to learn lessons a thousand times over before I really was like, ah, okay, I I get this lesson now and I can take it and move forward. And there is no part of this process that we need to fear. Every single part of this process is sacred and every single part of it is teaching and helping you along your journey. If you already have the lesson and you can move forward, that's a win. There's always you moving forward and either taking a lesson that you needed or you already have it so you can just move forward. There's no real failing here. You are just learning. So detaching yourself from needing to be perfect and really looking into what that's about. So looking there and digging into that fear because that fear is going to keep you small. If you're unsure, there will come a time where you have clarity either way. And it is okay to wait for that. You don't have the answer because you're not supposed to have the answer right now. The questions don't need to be feared and they you will live into that answer. So if you don't have the answer, why are you trying to control there? 
we're given things at the time we need them. So if you don't have that right now, that's okay. And don't fear this process. This process is not to be feared. It's working for you, not against you. Taking action to set a boundary can involve distancing yourself, jumping off cliffs, and removing or leaving dynamics in which you are treated poorly, abused, or undervalued energetically, emotionally, mentally, or physically. Setting friend boundaries. While working through up-level, a couple of friendships have come to mind. Both do not share my authentic code and values. They are both lovely people, but I'm struggling if and how to let them go because they both cause me to feel very annoyed and angered because of how they are in their relationships to their work and others, i.e. use other people and don't want to put the effort into work. Is this merely a trigger or people I should set a boundary around? I love this because I think this is a process we all go through in some way when we start doing any kind of personal development. And what happens is as we up-level and we start shifting within ourselves, we start noticing different situations that are happening around us. And what really is happening with so many people in this situation is that all of their past behavior that they're not quite out of the woods with yet is being reflected back to them. For the majority of us, we were friends with people for years and we do this work and then all of a sudden we start seeing everybody through a different lens as we're growing. And listen, this is something I think everybody goes through at some point. For me personally, I had to create boundaries with some friendships, other friendships. I just had to put on pause for a moment to figure out what was triggering me so badly. Because if you have any kind of strong feeling coming up, it's actually more about you than it is your friends. So it sounds like there's a lot of judgment and just in the way that their relationships are with people. So that might be an insecurity that you've been trying to work on and it's being mirrored back to you. So whenever I get anything that's strong like that, I like to look at myself and ask myself, why is this affecting me so much? And what do I still need to learn and integrate in order to push past this? And then you'll find as you really deal with those triggers and you get to a point where it's not an issue for you anymore, you're not as affected by that quality showing up around you. We're investing so much energy and so much attention on it showing up in other people. It literally just means that we have more work to do on that ourselves. So maybe you need to press pause momentarily to focus on yourself, but just know it's going to keep coming up in, in the form of tests and other triggers and other people if it's affecting you this badly. I've had this happen many times where I'm like, oh, I have to set a boundary. This person's toxic, blah, blah, blah. But I think when I really got to the root of it, I was nervous that I embodied some of the traits that they were portraying or I would be susceptible to doing the same thing because you're, you know, the combination of the eight people that you're around the most. So I was nervous that, oh, no, if they're like this, then I'm going to become like this and working through the shadow, really. You know, one of the things that's always helped me with this one is looking at other friends who do things that maybe I don't necessarily agree with or wouldn't be my cup of tea or whatever it is and notice how unattached I am to their behavior. So this is what it feels like to not have judgment and no attachment towards that behavior versus being super triggered and feeling emotional around it. Definitely, because I think it kind of leans toward codependency when we put so much value on our friendships that we think our friends need to like satiate every single need that we have. When you kind of get to the point where you are very aligned within yourself and you're not seeking approval from the outside, 
you're able to accept people as they are at face value and be like, oh, this is a great friend to do this with. Not everybody's going to be your like ride or die friend. And that's totally fine. When we have that expectation on it, it's usually something in us that needs to change. I completely agree. And just to add something that can speak to, we have groups of people. So typically like A group is our partner, B group is best friends, C group is like people that we're close to, we can share things with, but we don't see as regularly as we see our best friends. And then our D group are more acquaintances. You would invite to a party, but you can't call it midnight if something's going on with you. And sometimes just as you grow, people switch out from B and C group down to the D group and to allow that process to happen as it needs to. And if it needs to switch back, it can. But if you're noticing a lot of that struggle and you want to do that work on yourself, and like Atara said, taking a pause, it might just be you have them in a group that they don't belong in anymore. And you need to kind of shift them down. Set boundaries and past test. Can something be a test now, but a manifestation later? There was a guy who I felt really connected to until all of a sudden he started dating this new girl. He kept me around emotionally and would constantly pull me in only to show off or hurt me. It was really triggering, but I started the pathway and I've grown in my self-worth and created boundaries with him and have essentially stopped talking to him. However, sometimes I'm going about my day, I get this full body feeling that he will eventually come back into my life. The feeling really confuses me because I know he is a test right now. What are the energetics behind this? So what's happening is he is a test now. And I love that you can see that and that you've created boundaries with him. And you know, you're saying you're essentially not talking to anymore. I would encourage you to, if there's any communication to fully close that door, but that feeling of he might be coming back in your life, that would mean he's still a test. Because right now you're seeing he's emotionally unavailable. He isn't treating you the way that you want to be treated. He's dating someone else. So he's very unavailable and you're creating boundaries. If he were to come back around and still be in those behaviors, it would still be a test and it would be a shiny carrot test because maybe he'd say something like, oh, I broke up with that girl, but you know, I can't stop thinking about you and kind of give those shiny things that it feels good to hear. But that would be a test of, are you going to stay in your worth and walk away from someone who is unavailable and hasn't treated you well? Or are you going to need to take a learning and run into the fire? Either way, you would be learning what you needed to learn. But if you've already had that lesson, then you can say absolutely no and keep moving forward. Close that door entirely so that you can welcome the space for the person who is fully available and is going to treat you well from the beginning versus all of this drama that you've had thus far with this guy. And I think this kind of speaks to attachment styles. Like this sounds like more of an anxious, attached kind of feeling. And what happens with that is you put someone on a pedestal and it's like they have X, Y, Z and I'll never experience that again, right? So like they're the only one that I can feel that way with. But what you're doing is you're thinking this one person has the key to my happiness and fulfillment, but that's not true. You are that person that has the key to your happiness and fulfillment. And if you're wanting to continue to engage with someone who isn't available or treating you well, the real question is to ask yourself, what am I getting out of this experience of being poorly treated and not fully wanted? 
is this a familiar pattern that I've experienced in life? Probably. So it's not the romantic dreamscape that we've painted in movies. It's repeating a pattern that you can start to choose to not repeat once you can catch yourself and and do the deep work around it. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. Think about some of the things that have come through, big or small. What were you doing? It's so important to recognize our own patterns and what we did to receive, because then we can look to see what is your fast track to magnetism, which is such a fun way to look at it because it makes you feel expanded by yourself, which I think that we should constantly check in to see how can we be our own expanders. So when we think about taking action, that is the no, That's the surrender, releasing attachment to outcome, following pings, jumping off cliffs, which really just means getting out of our comfort zone, and also setting boundaries. So if we look to see if those are actions, what actions of those have you done in the past to receive the things that you wanted? Can you start to list out the things that have come in and what you were doing to receive those so that you can see your pattern? Then you can look to see, what am I not doing right now? Oh, in the past, every time I release attachment to outcomes, something comes through. Okay, currently I'm trying to control. I am dog paddling. I'm in desperation. So if I stop, if I find a way to release this idea of attachment to the outcome, this will give you an opportunity to have space, energetic space for something to come through. I can say personally, this has happened to me every single time. That is my fast track. When I surrender, when I release attachment to outcomes, things always come in. I want to share some journaling tips. 
So similar to a micro and macro manifestation list, I love creating a list for micro and macro action steps around the limiting belief or fear that is present for me. Similar to a manifestation list, journaling out action steps is an incredible way to strengthen your trust muscle and have it as a marker of progress for all of the internal shifts that you are making. It can be really easy to become overwhelmed with the macro actions that first come to our mind to achieve our goals and show up in high self-worth because it can feel scary. The action step can feel way too far away from where we are right now but I really don't want you to throw out all of those ideas because they came to you for a reason. So I want you to write them down on your macro action step list and know that even if it will you know, take some time to get there, eventually you will be able to walk through the fear. So to begin, I want you to write down the current limiting belief, shadow, or fear that is most active for you right now. For example, maybe you are working through the safety of being seen and using your voice. From there, I want you to think about the macro and micro action steps you want to take to integrate the sphere. Micro action steps are things that you can begin to do immediately or within a week or two. And macro action steps will vary a little bit, but think about it between three plus months. So some examples of micro action steps around the fear of being seen could be number one. A macro step is you are asking for a raise at work within the next three months. Now that can be really scary, especially if you don't feel worthy of this or you're scared to use your voice. So a micro step could be every week for the next couple of months, you are going to take inventory of how well you do your job, the impact you have made, and ask for feedback from your colleagues to gather data. Example number two, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs out here in this community and people who are just doing various passion projects and have really great ideas and are working on opening portals around their art, maybe a product or a service. So a macro action step around being seen could be launching your business idea. Now, of course, that seems a little nerve wracking, kind of scary if we think about it for too long. However, a micro action step could be you are going to work on getting comfortable articulating the thing that you are so passionate about, regardless of who is asking. So a micro step could be that you will share this project and what you're doing when anyone asks you the question, what do you do? Hey, how are you doing? What have you been working on? This will be your opportunity to work through that fear of using your voice. And final example is around expanders. I think we've all had a moment where we put our expanders on a pedestal and believe that we are less than. And so maybe a macro action step around being seen is that you want to reach out to an expander and ask them if they are available to connect. Again, this can feel a little daunting, but a micro action step could be that you are going to start intentionally commenting on their Instagram posts. So as you all continue your journaling practice, I hope that this tip brings you confidence and clarity and something that you can return to when you think you haven't made any progress or feel stuck. And remember that you always have a choice. Career exit boundary. What are the energetics behind leaving a toxic job when it comes to exit interviews? Should I tell them why I'm leaving, i.e. gray areas and company policies that I don't agree with? Or should I just walk away and say I'm not the best person for this position? Okay, so first I just want to state that action is the best way we communicate to the universe about where we are in our worth. 
So first and foremost, the fact that you are taking the action to walk away, you're already in your magnetism, you're already kind of jumping off that big cliff and creating some extra magnetism to flow to you. And then the question I have for you is, do you have a hard time generally speaking up for yourself and saying no in your past? And if yes, then a mini clip to jump off can be to speak up for yourself in this exit interview and say something, you know, like this felt uncomfortable for me, whatever. If you have no trouble doing that, or that doesn't feel like it would be a big cliff for you to jump off, then I wouldn't really engage with it because you're not going to be getting any big reward from that or learn a big lesson. You're already communicating through your action that you're not going to you know, settle for less or, or be in an environment that doesn't work for you. So magnetism-wise, you're set with that. And then obviously, if you're wanting to tell them out of ego of what you don't like, then I would say no, because that's not serving you and or them and the situation. We're always aiming for making sure we are in our highest worth, but serving that highest good as well. So it would really be if you have that mini cliff to jump off of, of it's really hard for you to speak up and share, then yes, take that moment and make sure that you're doing so as non-violently as possible. That's when it would be important for you to communicate. And if it's not, then just take your action and let that communicate to the universe where you are in your worth. And I love that you mentioned the ego part of it, too, because I'm sure like some people looking at it, they could be like, I just want to tell them what they did wrong, you know, and then that could be coming more from ego than really stepping into their worth. And then that would mean that, you know, you have a shadow aspect that's rearing. And so you need to then go into shadow and really do the work around that, which is also great because that would be a beautiful mirror for you to look at for yourself. But if you don't need to go down that route, then you don't. Okay, Sala, this one's for you. New boundary with family. I've recently had a test that resulted in me making a huge decision that requires a break from a long-held family practice. I thought it would expand being, but now I'm getting negative responses from the people around me and no support, and I feel bad. Is this a sign that the decision was a bad idea, or is this just another test? Okay, so other people's reactions to your choices, especially the ones that align with your authentic self, is not a sign that your idea is bad. It just shows that you are breaking patterns and stepping into a whole new version of yourself. And that takes an immense amount of courage to go against the grain, especially with family. And so this is the time for this person to reinforce their authentic self and their deservingness for making choices that uphold who they are. When we set a new boundary, you know, it's really critical that we stay true to the new line that we've drawn and let it really sink in because many times we want to, we want to walk it back like right away because it doesn't feel good. And people like this situation are not responding with support and they don't see what you're doing for yourself. And so this person may, you know, not realize that they have begun to draw a new boundary, but if they are someone who tends to people please and put their families needs before their own and they need consistent permission or are constantly doubting their choices, they need to recenter around their needs and their whys because that way they can decide for themselves if they need to course correct because they are basing it off of their needs and their internal why rather than outside reactions. So in order to not be thrown off by what people are projecting onto us, we really need to be rooted in our needs and understand 
why we have made them non-negotiable. And if we don't believe we deserve what we desire, we're going to lose our footing when someone says something that we don't want to hear. And so this situation is a really great test for this person to recognize how they are influenced by others and how easily they may begin to doubt themselves and look at this patterning. And no matter the outcome, if this choice aligns with who you are, it will never be bad, even if it doesn't feel good, especially when you always want people to be happy for you. People pleasing codependency, we want people to love us. We want to be liked. We don't want to upset anyone or rock the boat because it doesn't feel safe. There will always be pushback to begin, but you know what? And I tell this to every single one of my clients, no one knows your heart like you do. Absolutely no one. So to strengthen their subconscious, I recommend doing some of those reinforcing DIs, whether that's shadow inside the daily practice or like the authentic self and magnetic self DI to remain true to themselves, listing out what is the worst possible outcome for them following their gut to face that fear and lean into that rather than running towards their family's approval, which is probably what they've been doing thus far. I think people's shadow rears so many times when we're up-leveling, we're honoring ourselves for the first time because it's so new to this other person to see you interact in that way. And I think if you take that fear down through what Saul was saying, like, what is the worst case scenario? What is the biggest threat? Well, oh, they're threatened by me and they're going to be mean to me or mad at me. Or worst case scenario, they don't want to have anything to do with me anymore because I'm honoring myself. Well, if you think about your own joy and happiness and innate worthiness to have a joyful life, are you going to keep yourself small temporarily while they feel uncomfortable as you start putting your worth first? Or is it more painful for you to literally be small your entire life just to keep this person around? If they don't want to see you grow, why would you want to be small your whole life around them? Yeah, it takes practice too. You know, if this is really the first time they've done something different and they've had this kind of reaction, it's going to be really jarring. But the more we do it, the more it will be okay. And so being able to really stick with your choice and continuously stick to your choice, eventually it will be easy. It'll just be who you are. It's going to be in your subconscious. You only have to think about it. One big question we got from a lot of people is once they're working through the blocks and they're, you know, doing the DI work, how do they take some of that aligned action? What are some ways or tips we can give around aligned action? It's as simple as the more in fear we are, the more we take that action, the more magnetic we are. So even the smallest amount of fear, the first step and having done the subconscious work around it to really know it's kind of like boundary work to really know that you are not just taking action, but not the subconscious. So the thing won't keep popping up. Essentially, you've done the subconscious, you know, the trigger that's coming up in ratio to what you're calling in and just, you know, thinking and deducing what would be some aligned action that I'm afraid of, or that I know I need to take and really kind of mapping out from least action to greatest from jumping off of the cliffs and just knowing that even the small step you're going to take, it is already creating magnetism, especially if you've done the subconscious work and that some of the steps may take bridges and finding expanders, but even taking the little bit 
that you know you can do, you should pat yourself on the back with that because it's already creating the momentum. And it's not that thing, like this work isn't as linear where it's like, oh man, that's just a small step. I'm still so far away. Manifestations can happen so fast. They're all determined by how unblocked you are, how expanded you are, and how aligned you are in the sense of in your worth and taking aligned action. So just know that any of those could rapidly pick up very quickly. All of a sudden, if you're very far from, say, a career, right, you're making a career shift and you're so far from it. You're an attorney right now. You want to be a an artist, you know, such a huge leap, right, from where one can be in all of a sudden you are doing like the subconscious work, you're doing this process and out of nowhere, you end up befriending an artist that's in that position who then wants to take you in as an apprentice. Like that expansion can automatically jump four or five steps because you're so expanded. I just want to make that tiny little caveat for people, that point that even if it seems like a small step that's going to create the magnetism, it's still powerful because any of the other two pieces, the expansion and the unblocked can super speed things for you. So that would be my advice there is just write out a tangible list of, okay, cool. What do I need the most bridging in? What can I actually take steps in? What are the steps I can foresee that I have to do that are bigger that I'm not expanded enough for? What expanders do I need to call in to take those steps? You know, and what subconscious work do I have to do that's still so limited? Going back to my original example, maybe you grew up with the programming that artists are just broke and never make it or whatever. I used to give that a lot. However, you're like, oh, cool. I need to go down there and deal with some of that programming. And then these are the expanders I need to call in and the expansion of success to see, to believe and press or whatever that I need to call in. That's how I would do it. Just knowing that a small step is already taking that magnetism to another level. A lot of times people think that they can't do something. So they'll say like, no, but I couldn't do that. Or I couldn't say that, or that's not possible. I feel like that comes up so much when we're so afraid of that next piece. And I think Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to realize it is possible for me to set that boundary. It is possible for another opportunity to open up. We're so closed in thinking we can't have what we want or we can't, you know, blossom out of being small or whatever it is, but we can, we've just Mm -hmm. never done it before. Mm -hmm. So just find your expanders and know that you can take those steps and you can take that action. The moment that you start doing the deep imagining work, you start moving energy, like whether you like it or not. The moment you cast your list and start calling in something consciously, or if you did it unconsciously, you start moving energy. The universe starts working with you and dancing. It's always, but that's when it's a little bit more directed. So that's just how energetics work. So because you've already begun the process of moving energy, now see it through the way that works for you so that you can have what we've been talking about since the beginning of you know connecting with your manifestation. Just be proud that you began moving energy because any little thing you were doing, you did. So that's a really exciting thing. Okay, Lacey. So any closing notes, ideas, thoughts, notes from here? The biggest that I would say comes up right now, can you loop back to an accountability partner? I know that you're like, ah, I don't like, I have to reach out to them. And it's honestly (laughs) just like everything we talked about in here, 
mirroring, shadowing off of them, like having them help you look at all of the tests and really seeing like, oh, you know what? I'm spotting the pattern here, you know, or if you have a therapist that you can also do this with is great or a support group, but that extra reflection that's going to motivate you and push you to the finish line is so potent to really see you through to connect with this manifestation or manifestations you've been calling in from small to large based on, you know, your magnetism and where you're at. Not only that, but also to like rewire with and and go further, you know? So in that shadowy stuff that I was talking about, like desensitizing, there is no way to do it faster than with someone else and just like facing it over and over again. That would definitely, I know it's redundant and it's a little like, Oh, you know, I have to reach out to these people and I have to find one and I have to go out of my comfort zone. It will absolutely speed up this process. And if you're like a little afraid to do it, you're going to create magnetism doing it. I really, really think it's what's going to speed up this process, make you show up, make you see it through and really unblock, expand and connect with your manifestation. Just keep showing up and be a part of like this portal. What you want is out there for you. You deserve it. You deserve it now. And you're just pulling back all those things so you can see that you deserve it. Things are possible. Anything is possible. Allow yourself to know that you are so good enough to have anything that you want in this life. I love that. And just recognizing your power of moving energy is is so powerful. But yeah, I have to reiterate what you said. Anything is possible. You can have anything that from a soul level you desire and you're deserving of anything. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. In it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have, especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the WISE, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week.